Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 58 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, it's good to have you back. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I, really, uh, the, the Achilles tendon seems to be healing up well. I, I never expected to have Achilles tendon surgery or heel surgery and bone spur removal and all that stuff, but I'm glad I did. Uh, the pain I've experienced since surgery has been less than the pain I had before surgery, mm. praise the Lord. And the recovery is going well. And I, just a huge thank you to you, man, because I wouldn't be here today if you didn't come pick me up and <laughs> help me get down the stairs and carry my scooter out for me. So I have my knee scooter and help me get inside the church building and all these things. So thank you so much, Derek. You're a great servant of God, a great friend, great partner in ministry. I appreciate you, man. How are you? Well, thanks. I'm good. You're making me sound a little too benevolent for <laughs> this minimal work that I did to get you down here, but uh, it's, it's yeah, I, I appreciate that. And it's good. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Just coming back from, um, drove back from Iowa a couple of days ago uh, through a little bit of a snowstorm, but uh, you know we we made it. It was a good time. Did see a a semi jackknife on the other side of the highway hey, 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 hey. on a bridge. You're taking my name. Oh, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, but uh, so that was that was something to watch. It didn't look like anybody got hurt. Uh, you really realize how necessary those guardrails are. Um, oh, yeah. When you see someone crash into them, sometimes it seems like maybe they're they're a little uh, overkill, but uh, that that kept kept someone from being killed. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad I wasn't in traffic on that lane going down that way. Those, those people are going to be stuck for quite a while, but, uh, they may still be there. Yeah. They may <laughs> still be there getting that guy off the road, but, uh, no life, life is good. Glad to, glad to be back. Glad to have you in here. It was fun these last couple of weeks to have uh, pastor drew on and pastor Mike on to talk a few different uh, topics. But, uh, you know, one thing I've, I've picked up on is, you know, you and I doing this for a while, we've gotten kind of used to each other's styles. We got a bring, rhythm. Yeah. Bringing in someone new, they, they did a, they did a fantastic job, but it's just, oh, and having Max as well. Um, but just having different people, we don't always drive quite the same and it's taken us, you know, 55 ish episodes now or 50, uh, probably about 53 that we've been on together. Mm-hmm. So I think you had your wife on one. I, we've had Drew on a couple uh, it's taken us a bit to to kind of feel each other out, and so with the guys coming on for the first time, it's it's a little bit different. But still, hope that you listeners were blessed by that. But today, I want to get right into it. Uh, a question that we've uh, really been stirring on for a while from uh, one of our church uh, members, Bradley Petman, who's had a few different questions on yeah. here. So shout out to Bradley. Uh, maybe need to have you on here at some point uh, yeah, for qu- for all the contributions you've made. The question pro, yeah. But uh, he he asks. A question really about uh, pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, which one is the case? And for those of you guys who aren't familiar with those terms, uh, that's kind of Christianese that, that uh, you may yeah. not be feeling. When will with. the rapture happen? Yes, when yeah. will the rapture happen? You know, is this a, a Left Behind series kind of thing? What is Kurt, you know, the, the whole Kirk Cameron series that I think a lot of people grew up on and wondering, what is this going to look like? We know the Bible talks about it, but in what way. So that's what we're going to break down today. And I want to start with the definition of what is the rapture. So according to dictionary.com, it says 
A rapture is carrying of a person to another place or sphere of existence. In theology, rapture is the experience, anticipated by some fundamentalist Christians, of meeting Christ midway in the air upon his return to earth. I love that. It says some fundamentalist yeah. Christians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I would say all fundamentalist Christians, but, but Christians in general believe in rapture is just a matter of when. Now, the word rapture does not appear anywhere in the Bible, in fact. Um, it comes from a Latin word that means to be transported or carried off. So I think dictionary.com does a good job of explaining what rapture means. But the idea of carrying off is what we would call the rapture, and that is seen many places in Scripture. Most notably is probably found in 1 Thessalonians. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. It says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not proceed those who have fallen asleep. And fall asleep is just those who've died. Mm -hmm. Um, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Yeah, I uh, that that's one of those those tough ones to figure out is, of like when when exactly is that going to happen? You right, know, and, we know it's going to happen. It says it. Yep, but when? Yeah, and I know you and I have even talked about the debate of okay, do you do do the dead like bring their bodies? What about <laughs> those who are cremated? You know, it gets it gets kind of a weird thing there. And so I don't think we we need to focus much on that. But I think there's a lot of questions that can come out of that verse, which is why we're doing this podcast. And I think why Bradley asked the question in the first place. So what we want to look at now going forward based off of that scriptures, what else does scripture say about the rapture? And I think we can start in first Corinthians 15 verses 50 through 54, which says this. Now I say this brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment. Mm -hmm. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, this but this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory." So lots of talk of perishable versus imperishable. I can't believe I didn't trip over the words a little bit more, but I think the where we see uh, about the rapture, there's the we will not all sleep, but we all will be changed in a moment. Right. So, so, so we're not all going to die. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And that change the twinkling of an eye mm-hmm. at the last trumpet. So we have those tram- trumpets uh, in Revelation during the tribulation yeah, yeah. time. First uh, John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, that's the second coming of Christ, when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And so that refers right back to what you just read. We're going to be changed. When he comes again, we will be instantly changed. Mm-hmm. And and then going John as well, but uh, just the, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3 says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That's where I am, there you may be also. Absolutely. And so there's this idea of Jesus coming again. Mm -hmm. And when he comes, he's going to take us with him 
where he is. So there's this idea of him coming back and us going with him. Uh, I, it's hard for me not to think of the the children's song. You know, it's a big, big house. It's my father's house, you know, <laughs> yeah. and play football up there and whatever. You know, that that's what I think of with that verse. Oh, man, we but, used to uh, do that all the time in youth group yeah. with the motions and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, that, so was, good. that was a good song. So uh, now we got to look at where or when does the rapture occur in relation to the tribulation? Because that's what people want to know, right? Mm -hmm. We get fixated on Revelation. When is the end time? And Revelation is one of 66 books in the Bible, so we absolutely should look at it and dig into it. But it's also one that when people tend to do that, they tend to focus on what I would say, and you'd probably agree, are probably the wrong things, right? When the Revelation is about revealing Jesus Christ, we try to look and pinpoint when is it going to happen? Which world leader is going to be the the prophet, and what you right. know, and, and all of these things. And so, we're, we're going to look at you know, can we figure out in scripture when the rapture happens to give some clarity on that? I think we're going to find that uh, it's not quite that easy. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of tribulation, as we get into this, it's important for us to understand the definition that we're going with, uh, because the Bible uses the word tribulation to describe any suffering we might face in this life. And uh, that's that's tribulation. In fact, depending on the translation that you have, that might be the way that tra- uh, tribulation is most used, just mm-hmm. suffering in general. So like John 16, 33, in this world you have tribulation. Yeah, that's Jesus right. came yeah. to mind too. Yeah, Jesus is just saying you're going to have struggle. Um, but that's not the end times tribulation that we're talking about. So here are a few scriptures that explain the tribulation that we're talking about in relationship to when the rapture will occur because there is a specific thing called the tribulation that will occur before Jesus returns. Yeah, Matthew 24, 6 through 8 points to this where it says, or Jesus says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. So that's just start. Yeah, it yeah. gets worse and worse and worse until the tribulation. Yeah. And then Mark thirteen nineteen says, For in those days there will be such tribulation as, not, as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. So now we're pointing, okay, here, here's the beginnings of what it's going to look like. And also, it's going to get real bad. Like, you can't even compare it to anything in the past, and you'll never, well, after that, there won't really be anything to compare it to in the future either. But making it very clear, Jesus is making clear, this is very much a supernatural time. This is not just world events happen to, you know, this is a happenstance thing because, you know, of, of the way things go. But this is a very intentional thing that will absolutely happen. And, you know, we're thankful that Jesus says, don't be alarmed in this. This has to take place. So um, we know that this is going to happen, but that it's only going to keep getting worse from there. Right. And so when what, what ultimately what it's talking about is found in Revelation, and it's, it's, it's the seals and the trumpets. And we have all these seals being broken forth that you see like chapter six of Revelation and on, um, where there's these seven seals that have to be broken. And each one, is, it's more severe than the other. And you have like war and a third of the earth being destroyed. And when I talk about a third of the earth, I'm not talking a third of the planet, a third of the people. Mm-hmm. There even becomes a point where the blood is so great that it says that in the valley that the blood is going to rise up to the horse's bridle. Right. Yeah, that's that's a lot of blood. We, we've seen that that valley that, that it talks about there. Valley. It's a big valley. It's a big valley. So the, the point being that this is a great tribulation, mm-hmm. worse than anything else, all the others combined, and there's famine and all these sorts of things. And so... Romans 5, 9 speaks of this because it says much more than having now been 
or excuse me, I, I skipped way ahead. My bad. <laughs> uh, Matthew 24, uh, 22 is where I want to be. Not Romans. We'll get to Romans in a minute. It says in those days, if they had not been cut short, no human will be saved. So, so what we're going to be reading about here coming in Romans, and we're going to be looking at Daniel, we're going to be looking at Revelation. It says if they hadn't been cut, no human would be saved, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. That's Matthew 24, 22. So it, it's so bad that no one could make it if it wasn't for the grace of God. And then Daniel 12, verse 1. It says, now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will arise, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. So this time of great distress, uh, that's what the tribulation is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think looking, you know, there's a few different buckets in which people fall theologically on when this is going to happen. Right. And so the first one that's pretty common is the pre-tribulation. And that would be that we or the elect, the saved the believers mm-hmm. will be um, caught up or raptured before any of this tribulation happens. Yeah. And so actually, one of those verses that come from um, or that people would hold to in that is Daniel 12, uh, 1, and then specifically in verse 2. So you just read Daniel 12, 1, but verse 2, then it picks up and says, and at that time, so after all this great distress, at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book or the book of life will be rescued. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, but but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. So it, it gives this picture, at least from the scripture, that when things get bad or this time of distress, that those who are saved, those written in the book of life will be rescued. Even those who are sleeping or mm-hmm. dead already in Christ will be um, awoken and pulled away from all of that tribulation and spared from that. Yeah, and you can see very easily how that connects to that first Thessalonians yep. passage that we read where the dead are, are, are brought out first. And so that's that's first Thessalonians four fifteen through 18, just... Getting back to that. So now that Romans 5 passage, uh, verse 9, he says, Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Now, I believe that's speaking to the the wrath of God for judgment for sin, mm-hmm. but some believe that's speaking of the wrath to come, uh, tribulation. But then you get to like Revelation 3, uh, 10 and 11, and it says, Because you have kept the word of my presence, this is Jesus speaking to the church, I also will keep you from this hour of testing. Mm-hmm that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have so no one will take your crown. So there's this idea that there's something coming, this testing, this this fire. that You think about the testing, the furnace, mm-hmm. the tribulation. It's coming, and he's saying, I'm going to rescue you from that hour. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that keep you from it. So not, even, from it. not even letting you get to it. Yeah, so yeah. I think the, like those are some pretty compelling scriptures for that that view, but that pre-tribulation. We, yeah, yeah, but we also have another view mid-tribulation. So this is more the idea that uh, some of the tribulation will happen, and then Christians will be rescued in the midst of it. Right, because in Revelation, mm-hmm. the tribulation is seen as seven years. Yeah, and 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 so you, it, it's it, whether that's a exact seven years or figurative seven years, because Revelation is very. Uh, Figurative a lot yeah, of ways. It's hard to track with sometimes. It's not chronological either. Not yeah. necessarily, no. And and so um maybe it's three and a half years that we'll have to suffer. So some mm-hmm. people some people believe that, that it's it's three and a half and then you're midway through, raptured out, um, and you don't have to go through it all. So Yeah, so, so pointing back to even like Daniel twelve, one again, <laughs> for the, the third time that's been brought up. Uh, when it's talking about there, you know, it says there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, 
your people, everyone who's found written in the book will be rescued. So you get this point of rescuing. And so I, I think you could look at that and say being rescued would would assume that there is bad happening or mm-hmm. that you you are in need of rescue. Yeah. If things are all going well, it's not really being rescued if things are okay. So that kind of gives the assumption that things are starting to get bad uh, to, to the extent we don't know here based on this. But I think you could very much make the argument that there will be some tribulation happening to the point of where Christians need to be rescued out of that tribulation. And, and God has said, you know, through Daniel that he would do that. Uh, so I think using Daniel 12, it's clearly about tribulation, but where exactly right. you go with that, I think it, it is up for interpretation. And 1 Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So we get, one, we're going to be made whole, made like Jesus. Perfected, but, transformed, yep. But it tells us after we've suffered for a little while. So does this mean suffering for a little while is in the way that we just live our lives now? Does this mean truly at the end of times that this is the tribulation that you're going to go through and then God rescues out of there? I think that's kind of the the tough thing to interpret with some of these verses. Absolutely. And then even if you go into Revelation, or like Revelation 7, uh, where we talked about the, the great tribulation occurring at like Revelation 6 and on, in chapter 7, after the seals are starting to be broken open and there's all this suffering and death in the world, it says in Revelation 7, starting verse 9, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne of the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. This is the key point. Listen to what he says. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So the the key there, he said they came out of it. So they were in that great tribulation. The time we're talking about, the end times, those that seven-year tribulation, if it's seven literal years or but that mm-hmm. great tribulation time, that one that Daniel said is worse than anything's ever happened before, the one the gospel said there's never been a time of tribulation as great as this, they were in it. Yeah. But they came out of it. They were brought out of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it could mean that they died in it. You know, it, but it definitely it, it definitely is more mid or post yep. than pre. Yeah. They were in it. And so you can see evidence for that. So we've seen evidence for pre-tribulation in the scripture. We're seeing evidence for even mid or post-tribulation here. So let's move on then to more post-tribulation scriptures. Yeah. And so so one of those is Matthew 24, 22, as we talk post-trib um, scriptures. And that, that would say, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved, right? We pulled this one up earlier. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. So, uh, you know, talking- What's the this, implication? Yeah, yeah, right? That they, they need to be rescued out of that because this tribulation is so bad that if they weren't, then there, no humans would, would survive. Yeah. yeah, the implication is the elect are there. Yep. The days are cut short for the elect. The implication is the elect are there in those days. That's, that's what it's implying. Uh, Matthew 24, uh, 29 uh, and following. 
It says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Remember that First Thessalonians 4, so we'll be called up in the clouds with him. Mm-hmm. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, the question is, when were they gathered and brought up to meet mm-hmm. Jesus? It says after the tribulation of those days. Yep. So that, that's Matthew 24, uh, 29. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says, In the twinkling of an eye, I read this one earlier too, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. So, you know, based on that, when that last trumpet is, that's later in, in yeah. Revelation, Revelation after these things have happened. Yeah, the, the last trumpet is the end of the tribulation. Yeah. So the timing of that. So the, the, you, you can see where people who believe in pre-tribulation get their ideas. We yep. gave you some of the scriptures, not all of them, but some. You can see some ideas of a mid-tribulation, and you can see some, some ideas, and I think pretty clear, of, of a, even of post-tribulation as well. Uh, there's also the idea of, of some people believe in a partial uh, tribulation. In other words, some people will go through it, and some people, some some Christians will, and some Christians won't. Mm-hmm. So, like in Revelation uh, two ten, we read this. Uh, re- we were reading early in Revelation where Jesus I'll rescue you from this hour of testing. He only said it to one of the churches of the seven he addressed. By the way, but in Revelation two ten, Jesus says, "Do not fear what you are about to suffer." Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Now, I don't believe it's literally 10 days. I believe this is a period of time. He says, be faithful unto death, and you will have the crown of life. So the idea there is that some people will have to go through it. Some some will not. Mm-hmm. And it could be that people are saved after the rapture, if it's a pre-trib or mid-trib or whatnot. But it could be that some are taken out before, some, some are not. But... Either way, yep. there's tribulation, and there will be rapture. Yeah, and I know reading through Revelation, again, it's, Revelation is tough because some of it's not super chronological. Uh, some of it is a lot more um, imagery and, and figurative speech, but there's even talk of, of like um, some maybe being raptured at a certain point and then others believing when Jesus comes back. And so like just trying to figure out how, how it all works. Like I don't, I don't know that we can fully understand all of it. Which you know is, it is okay. We're not going to understand it all. That's true, and and so, I think we ought to hope, mm-hmm. and I guess desire even in a in a pre desire for a pre tribulation rapture. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't want people to suffer uh, and go through that. I mean, it seems like it's the worst thing that the world will ever face. Yeah. So we should want that. We should desire for a pre tribulation a rapture. But I think it's so important also as Christians that would be strong in our faith mm-hmm. and prepared and happy or prepared that it's a mid or even a post tribulation rapture. Yeah. Because one of the great dangers, if you, if you teach and preach that it's a pre trib and there's no other option, right. Then all of a sudden when people start facing tribulation, like, well, where's God? And, you know, and, and we're just weak Christians and, yeah. and, and in a general rule in, in America, we are pretty weak Christians. Yeah, we we don't we don't suffer through tribulation of any kind uh, very well, mm-hmm. and so we need to hope for maybe a pre-tribulation, mm-hmm. but prepare for a post 
Um, because I think there, there's there's clear scripture um, wherever you supporting each of those views in different ways. Yeah, and and so I think to, to summarize, one of the verses we need to look at that <laughs> that we really ought to hinge a lot on. Really, I, this is something we know to be true. Matthew twenty four thirty six says, "But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father." Alone. Now, if you guys were tracking earlier and, and writing down any of these scriptures, again, we always put them in the show notes if you want to have reference so you can build your own theology about these things and, and have a reference. But we've read from Matthew 24 multiple times where mm-hmm. Jesus is talking about this happening. So when he says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, he is speaking of the tribulation. This Absolutely. isn't about anything yep. else. So just to be clear, and he says, not even the angels know, and not even he knows, but only God knows. So when it comes down to whether when we're trying to figure out when this happens, just remember only God knows. So we can come up with all sorts of theories. Uh, remember how many people were on the, the whole Mayan calendar ending in 2012 <laughs> thing. So the world is going to end. Yep. I, I think their calendar just had to run out at some point because they got bored of making a new calendar. They died. But, yeah, yeah like, exactly. <laughs> they died and that, that's where they got to. But we, we get so focused on this, but Matthew 24, Jesus tells us clearly we're not going to know. And I think that's hard for us as, as humans because we want to know everything. Yeah, but we have to understand we just can't, and that's okay, right? And for people maybe a little bit, a little bit older than you, because go back to you know, to the year two thousand when you were, oh yeah, well, you were in one. kindergarten maybe, um, or first second grade something like yeah, that, something like that. So um, I can remember the year two thousand because I, I was out of high school, and and the idea was like, well, every two thousand years is a major event biblically speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, uh, Jesus two thousand years ago, and now and and, and so. The year 2000 is going to be the end of the world and Jesus is going to come again. And that's when the rapture is going to occur. And Y2K and everyone's everyone, partying like it's 1999, right? You know, that was <laughs> yeah. the, the thing because the world's going to end. Yeah. And, and so uh, people thought they knew. And there were people writing books about this. And this is exactly when Jesus is coming again. And you ought to know right then, okay, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. No, they're just trying to make Boss money. False teacher trying to make money because Jesus said no one. He didn't even know. Yep. And so I think it's important for us to understand that it it isn't wise to have a firm, concrete, no open to any other idea stance on tribulation um, when it comes to rapture, mm-hmm. because Jesus says he didn't even know exactly when it was going to happen. Yeah, And uh, I, I don't think that means that we can't know if it's pre, mid, or post necessarily, but it also means it's not ironclad, no debate yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think one of the things you've said to me is like we shouldn't have a concrete stance on something that the Bible doesn't have a concrete stance right. on. Right, exactly. So, and I think that applies to all sorts of things. We, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different topics where, okay, the Bible doesn't clearly say this thing is right or wrong, but we can we can get a lot of principles from the Bible about Absolutely. said thing, and then we we have to trust as believers if we follow those things, seek the Lord that. Um, do what what we believe is right based on our conscience, and we can do that, but also understand that there is room for debate. And so, I, I think that's such a good principle because it, it fights that fundamentalist view or that legalist view that my view is right, and we start to almost do the the Pharisaical thing, and we impose these higher standards or beliefs than what the Bible holds, and that that becomes problematic. Right, pre tribulation rapture is not heretical. Yep, mid tribulation rapture's view is not heretical. Uh, Post-tribulation view is not heretical, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not matters of salvation either. Yeah. And so, uh, but I think it is important to think about. It's there in the scripture, and we For need reason, to be prepared. Yep. yep. So pre, post, mid, or partial, we should all be pro-tribulation, because after the tribulation comes the new heaven and the new earth, where there's no more suffering, 
No more death, no more pain, but only peace and joy in Christ. That's when that comes. Go check out the yeah. end of Revelation if you want to see that. That's that's always an encouraging thing after the first, you know, or uh, I guess chapter 7 through 20 is is a little bit more seeming doom and gloom at times. But man, that, those last couple of chapters give us that hope. So knowing all that, I think the question we really need to think about when it comes to the tribulation is this. Are we ready? Do we, do you know Jesus? Are you ready for his return, or are you just kind of living life on your own, but knowing it could come any time? Are you prepared for the coming of the Messiah or not? Absolutely, because when it comes to rapture, I think for some people there's some fear. Yeah, I can remember when I was a kid, even into my um, early adolescence, I was fearful of the rapture. Mm-hmm. I got separated from my parents for a while. Uh, and I thought, oh my goodness, the rapture occurred and I got left. <laughs> and it would yeah. freak me out. You know why it would freak me out? As I, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. of my faith. My faith, I gave my life to Christ when I was six, but I didn't really understand it. I wasn't baptized until I was 13. And what happened there is I made sure I committed my life to Christ. I wanted to know without a shadow of a doubt that if I died or the rapture occurred or whatever, I would be with Jesus. And so that's the key. Do you know Jesus? Uh, he died on the cross for our sins. He took our place. He rose again. And he's in heaven. Do you have faith in Christ and in Christ alone? Because if you have faith in Christ, if you ask him to be the Lord of your life, your Savior, if you do what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that if you, can, if you confess your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, mm-hmm. right? For it is with the mouth that you confess and are justified, the heart you believe and are saved. So the, the key there is if you've done that, you don't have to worry really about the rapture, mm-hmm. whether it's pre, mid, or post, you're going to be with Jesus. Yeah. And that's the key. Do you know Jesus? Yeah. Amen to that. So that concludes today's show. Thank you, Bradley, again, for the great question. And thank you all so much for listening. And we appreciate your support. God bless. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.